Welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armit. And this episode is brought to you by Baron Fig. So, Tiff, you've been selling your glass uh, wares, glass pieces? Glass pieces, you- sure. Stain art glass pieces. <laughs> your your light magic. Uh do you wanna do you wanna tell us about it? Yeah, it's um it's a big difference from when we started this show and I was like, stop trying to monetize my hobby. Turns <laughs> out when you have a hobby that makes a whole bunch of stuff, you really mm-hmm. need to, you know, sell it and and get it out. And for the first time, I feel like when I'm making something that these things have value. I don't know what it is about this style of craft or this thing that I'm making, but I finally see that like I can charge a real amount for it and not like mm-hmm. an apology amount, which I felt like before. Or maybe it's because I'm making a thing and the skills involved are technique based in that I can make it look really clean and professional more easily than just having artistic skill like in a painting, right? Do you think also that it's a sort of kind of very clearly defined decoration? Like this is something that you hang in your window and it's it's pretty and not that paintings aren't, but you know what I mean? Like it's a very, like it's easier to sort of see like somebody would buy this. Yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense, but like no, it's, it's it does, more of it like, does. you're like, this is a this is a, a decoration very clearly. It's less know. subjective because mm-hmm. the thing that's getting um, subjugated <laughs> yeah, from like a buyer would be like, oh, I don't like, you know, whales. I like flowers. So I will purchase flower instead of whale. You know, like the, that's the choice that someone is making as opposed to like, I feel like if I made a painting, then someone is like, I think your painting is bad. <laughs> Like, or I don't like your technique or your style or like, I don't know, a painting feels so much more easily judged, especially from a beginner. Like as a beginner, if I paint something, I'm painting it more for my own enjoyment and my learning. And when comparing it to something that someone would hang in their house, it it just feels, it feels different than the tangible object of here is a stained glass bee that I made, even though like I made the pattern, like I made everything. I found like pictures or reference images and stuff. And I've, I've made the patterns and like, I've done it all from myself still just like doing a line art of a whale. It doesn't feel as like from my soul (laughs) as a painting would. And possibly also that, you know, when you talked about like, well, you know, these are just little rocks or little paintings. And here, even though the things are sort of physically small, there's still way more clearly many steps of technique Mm -hmm. and work. And like, just... Oh my God, so many steps. You have no idea. (laughs) There's so many steps. Like when I started thinking about selling them, I'm like, oh, okay, I have to do all these extra steps now. Like actually clean them up and pay attention and do all these other little things. And I was like, oh no, there's a lot. (laughs) It takes a long time to make one of those things. Yeah. And like people, again, it's, it's part of the sort of less subjective is also that people understand that it's complicated in a way that Mm -hmm. people maybe don't understand about some crafts or like a painting or whatever. You wouldn't, Nobody could ever look at even a sort of, you know, a decent, a, a B plus glass piece and be like, my three-year-old could do that. You know, like there's no. Yeah, your three-year-old can't work a soldering iron safely. <laughs> and if they are, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those yeah. things where because 
we we can sort of all just look at it and know that like this is complicated. I know this. Glass is sharp and glass is <laughs> fragile and this is very cool and like I think you also kind of associate it with just you know the giant sort of church window things the, like there's this association with this is of like this is complicated and fancy and i think maybe that kind of comes through in your head as well like yeah it translates also, like, as having value mm-hmm. i completely agree with that and also part of the reason i gravitated towards it in the first place was because it's probably hard for other people to do and <laughs> in my like i am achiever please notice brain i like to find things that like I'm the unique person, you know, when Mm -hmm. someone else is looking at it, they're like, wow, that's a cool thing that you do because I can't just, you know, just go into my house and make something like this. Like the difficulty level and the, the different, the, the, the specialization of the tools and the, the techniques to use to make something, I feel more pride personally when it's more difficult for other people to do. As opposed to like, I find I struggle as a, a maker and a creative person when the thing that I'm trying to accomplish, there are just so many people around me that are able to do it without thinking, you know, because it's like, it's just, they've been it's practicing accessible. it longer or it's more accessible. But like, for me, I feel more pride in conquering a skill and a craft that I can then put out there as like, this is something I made when I feel like I'm not in competition with, you know, thousands and thousands of other people who are like really, really good at this. And I feel like with stained glass, there's a certain level that you can get to. It's like your soldering is really nice and pretty and clean and and good, or it's not. So it's like, you know, like, and then the creativity after that is like, how complicated of a piece can you put together? And at that point, it's more... It's more precision. And then you get to be like, I could just make whatever I want. And that's where the creativity comes in of like what you're actually making, the style that you're choosing to make patterns out of. And that's fun. And But when it comes to putting it together, the the limit is already there. Where I feel like if you're painting or drawing or, you know, any of those other more blank canvas style uh, artistic pursuits, it's like those limits – are endless. And not that that's bad. I also pursue those things myself. But when it comes to the idea of bringing it all back and being like, okay, now I'm going to start selling my pieces. And this is the type of artist, capital A that I want to be. I don't know, I feel more connected with the stained glass than a lot of other things than I ever have before. I can I make a like a small shameful confession along the lines of because um, this is this is the place for shameful confessions, like large and small. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a, a friend or an acquaintance who I've been sort of helping along because she started sewing dresses and I gave her some tips on like, this is a, a really good book of sort of mix and match pattern pieces. So like, here's, you know, eight different bodices, 10 different skirts, and then all these other techniques, you can make like 200 different dresses. And, you know, we've been sort of messaging a little and she'll ask me some, some like tips or techniques. And it's, it's, I mean, again, achiever in my brain is like, it's nice to feel like the expert. But so I recently posted, I like actually self-drafted in that I, you know, did a bunch of measuring and thinking, made up the pattern and made a mock-up and like repatterned a couple of times this sort of 30s inspired dress with like the this sort of gathered bust line and shoulders and I'm really happy with it and so she 
somebody else asked me like, how did you make this? And I explained a little bit of the process and she messaged me and was like, so, you know, and, and I explained some more and I showed her some pictures of like what I meant. And she was like, basically said like, thank you so much. I think I understand what you mean. I'm going to try doing something similar. And a tiny part of my brain was like, no, I did the work. I'm the impressive one. Which is ridiculous because it's still not, you know, I didn't invent either the look or the technique or any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't own the right to it. And it's not like she, she could have gotten that information from, but do you know what I mean? When you're just like, no, no, I, I want to be like you're saying with the, with the stained glass, be like, no, I want to be the good one at this thing. And I don't, I don't think I actually feel that way. Um, but a tiny part of me for five minutes was like, that's not fair you should yeah the not fair part of your brain is like i want the credit (laughs) (laughs) i totally i totally get that it's it's that that constant pull between the idea of i don't think information should be you know um, locked in kept under lock and key like creative people should share information with each other because it's where everyone takes that information that adds the creativity to it right or like the different ways but at the same time you're like the idea that you've created something, you want your creativity to have value. And if that value is just taken from you in a way that someone else just uses it, like it's gone, there it goes, like, and then they maybe <laughs> take it further. Because sometimes I can feel that way, like with just like a simple sewing pattern or knitting pattern that I've bought and, you know, telling someone or I don't know, like what nail polish you're wearing can sometimes feel like, no, this is my thing. But here, I think it is also because I had to do a bunch of sort of, you know, 3D thinking and figure out, like, how do I make this come together? But at the same time, I think it's also like, it's really cool to be like, I thought this up and someone else gets to benefit from that. And mm-hmm. I'm not just saying that to sound more benevolent. It's it's all of these things are true at the same time, you know? Oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> know. <laughs> so do you think that – because you – um, it was funny. Somebody was somebody on Twitter was like, uh, "I'm catching up." Uh, last I heard, you had just gotten into glass, but it hasn't been that long. It was like September, October, something that you started. I'm trying to think when I bought my glass kit from. <laughs> I'm gonna look on like my Instagram stories to see like how long ago the first one was. <laughs> Twenty two weeks ago. Twenty two weeks ago, I unboxed my my first like starter kit. So basically, like September, October. Because yeah. do you think that? Because, because we've you know we've talked about it before, and you've been a little interested in it. But you think like the fact that you took it up has anything to do with being shut inside, or could this have happened like any cold winter when you were were bored? I feel like the way I am as a person, um, it's a little bit of both, uh, which is a kind of a crap answer because it's not really an answer. But All I mean, of these this year are true at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> right, right? This year, uh, there's so much less travel in my life as most people have been experiencing. So it's not just like being home. Normally I like being home and doing crafts and making stuff like that's a a good, happy way for me to spend my time right now. It's even bonus that like now I can make stuff in the idea that I'm going to be putting this up for sale. And that is an addition of fun that I wasn't expecting from myself and enjoying that part of it. But I actually am. And because now I have an excuse to like make more stuff. (laughs) And but with staying home, I do have more time to do this because we're not traveling We're you know, we're not doing a whole bunch of extra stuff that would 
segment my making time. And I think it would be way harder. I mean, not to- even not even traveling. Like you're not meeting other people at night. You're not. Going- I mean, I didn't really do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be real. Most of my friends live so far apart that traveling meant friend time. Okay, and good point. Good point. Th- that's in my life anyway. So, like, if I'm not traveling, I'm not seeing a whole bunch of friends, and so that all that translates to having more craft time, and then that translates to making more time. I can like actually make these things in order to sell in a reasonable time frame. Then, oh hey, yeah, I'll get this to you in like two months when I have like an hour here, an hour there, an hour there. Uh, so you know, things change. But also, when it's cold, you maybe don't take as many walks. So that gives you another couple of hours a week. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming. Okay. Let's take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor. A sponsor. I'm sorry. A sponsor. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we both know how important pen and paper is to a lot of people's creativity and so does Baron Fig. Baron Fig is a startup that launched in 2013, uh, introducing the Confidant Notebook. What originally started out as a small project between designer and CEO Joey Cafone and his friends quickly turned into something more. They sold nearly 10,000 Confidant notebooks in the first 30 days, and Baron Fig's founders realized that there was a lack of quality thinker products on the market. And since then, Baron Fig has expanded their line of tools for thinkers to include notebooks, writing instruments, bags, accessories, and so much more. I have a whole bunch of Baron Fig stuff. This isn't just like a, hey, some ad people came to us. No, I really like Baron Fig stuff. I've had it for years. I use it. I use their backpacks. I have their notebooks, their notebook covers. I am all about their special edition pens. I love a good, cute little etching on a really nice writing pen. So I love their products already. And (laughs) obviously, you can hear the enthusiasm in my voice. And we think that this is something our listeners would really enjoy too. And listeners of Make Do can use code MAKEDO to get 20% off their very own idea tool set which includes a confidant notebook, a squire pen, and a guardian case. So this is kind of like a starter kit. Like, it's so great. I- what I like about these is that, you know, they're they're like, I hate the word sleek, but you know what I mean? Like, they're they are simple. Sleek. But I like the word sleek. I just feel like it gets overused. <laughs> I like it as a word. But they're just like, well designed without being over designed. Yeah. Uh, so I picked I picked a green case. And then the other two are Wait, I also picked a green case. How dare you? <laughs> and I have the blue slate notebook and pen. I have the dark blue notebook and the purpley wine colored pen. We are nothing if if not predictable. <laughs> I'm actually like I'm looking forward to just like using them for planning out stuff, which sounds really corny. But like I feel like I'm starting to kind of be hopeful about maybe doing one or two markets at the end of the year. Uh, and I also have so much sewing going on. Uh, so just like to have a very nice, like almost perversely pretty place to just try to get that in order. Also, I mean, ridiculous amounts of, of doodling. What do, what do you think you're going to use it for? Oh, I'm, I just love having notebooks and pens. I find them useful for everything. I take show notes for podcasts. I record, um, when I'm getting some kind of order. Now that I get orders, oh my God. So like, 
I just I use it for a whole bunch of stuff. And also, I just like to treat myself. Treat yourself. 20% off. I don't see why you wouldn't try this out because it's so great. And I think that this is the exact kind of thing that our listeners would love to treat themselves with. And there's a little bonus bonus that Confident Notebooks, whenever they're sold, Baron Fig plants a tree. So that's pretty uh, appealing. I love trees. I like plants. And I think that that's a really good thing that they're doing. Yeah, I think that the idea of, you know, leaving the earth better than they found it, they planted, you know, tens of thousands of trees, meaning that a lot of people just like us, like notebooks, you know. Uh, so to get your tool set and plant a tree today, oh my god, I just thought, it like, I want to go visit the tree when we can do that. <laughs> uh, don't forget to use the code MAKEDO at barumfig.com at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase of the idea tool set. Baron Fig, do your best thinking. Our thanks to Baron Fig for their support of this show and Really FM. We really appreciate it. And if you head over there by supporting Baron Fig and using that code, it supports us too. And we really appreciate that. It's like voting. So vote for us with a treat for yourself. <laughs> a treat and a tree. A treat and a tree. Uh, we were going to talk today about like what <laughs> about COVID crafting. No, but about like the, the last year because everybody is saying that like sales of craft supplies have gone up immensely almost all craft supplies um people are just like finding things to do you, you hear a lot of stories of people who either um sort of unearth their old sewing machine or buy a cheap one to make masks and then discover that you can make things with a sewing machine <laughs> and but you know like knitting painting gardening baking all of this stuff and you know part of it part of it probably is like what you're saying like when you have more time inside you you're not most people aren't commuting to work because people mm -hmm. are working from home and not just travel, but like there's no social stuff. You're not going to restaurants. You can't meet up with friends. Not just like, oh, we do it maybe once a week or just n not at all, regardless. And so everything that you might be doing is gone. So there's just all this time. And probably I think some people are like, I need something to do with my hands in Zoom meetings because it's driving me insane. So because I was thinking about that because I feel like there's – probably so many different reasons for it because I, I know that some people you i don't know if you remember i joked about a year ago almost that it was like this is what crafters have been preparing for this is why my my stock of supplies is so important no but like i think you know some people who maybe picked up a craft that they had not done in a while or that they suddenly had more time for and i think a lot of people picked up craft in general that maybe hadn't been crafty at all or within those things and i think because, I mean, I can only say, talk for myself and for me, like crafting is just like a, a sort of given part of my day. But I think part of it is to, you know, just something to do with that time and something to do with your hands because you're like, what do I do with this? I'm out of Netflix. But also the the mental part that we've talked about before, like just to occupy your mind and occupy that that worry, like to use to use that for something. And I was talking about this with Pontus and he was – he talked about also like just feeling that you exist, just like leaving trace behind. Because mm. we've talked about like when there's nothing and then there's something and you're like, I did that because of me. But just to be like, because we can't, you know, we get, we have no way of, of sort of reflecting ourselves in other people or in anything. And you're basically just like in your house, nothing happens. And you can be like, he was talking about like a toilet paper roll little santa figurine i don't know why he got stuck on that it was really funny um but you know when you're like this thing this sweater this whale this whatever it is something is different today because i existed and in this sort of weird 
liminal nothingness space that this year has been, that can maybe mean even more just to be like something is different now, you know? Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Like as you were, as you were speaking, it's almost like we have this energy that we have as people. And a lot of times we expel that energy through work, socialization. Uh, I'm thinking specifically about people who don't inherently have a thousand hobbies like Mm -hmm. we are self-prescribed as having. (laughs) And a lot of times their personal energy went into all of these other things, like went into PTAing the school, went into friends, went into going out to restaurants and, you know, being into cocktails, being into socializing. There's like a thousand other things that you can put this energy, your personal, like, I don't want to get, you know, too uh, uh, hippy-dippy about it, but just your focus, your time, you your know, life force, <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Uh, your, your you mini chlorians, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But that's what you're focusing doing things with, right? And when a lot of that gets taken away, all of a sudden, a lot of people are left with that energy kind of just stuck inside of them in a way that I don't know what to do with my time, my focus, my, my energy. Uh, and they, for the first time, were forced to manifest a way to release all of that with something from themselves. And that often becomes a craft or a hobby. And I feel like a lot of creative people were already naturally, that's how we released our energy. Like, you know, we weren't doing a lot of the other stuff or we were crafting first and doing the other stuff second. So falling back and having a thousand different crafts and hobbies that you are busy doing with for your brain to be happy was just already there. So check, we're ready for the apocalypse because we can craft our way through it. But everyone else or the, the other side of that coin in people, if you aren't a natural hobby person, for the first time, you had to start looking to be like, what can I do that mm-hmm. isn't outside of myself? What can I do like that I have, I have moved all of my furniture everywhere it can go. <laughs> yeah. Or like you said, I watched all the Netflix. I tried to do all the external stuff first and now I'm done. Now I have to focus and try and find a hobby. And, and so the search for a hobby becomes a big thing as we've talked about in another episode. And now like once people are finding things that they're enjoying doing, that's why all the (laughs) craft supplies and everything get bought up because everyone's trying a bunch of different things. And I think that that's all really cool. I think that that's a healthy thing to go forward because as we age, not just because of the pandemic, (laughs) but like as we age as people, a lot of those external things that we were so used to doing start uh, like the the sphere of it becomes tighter and tighter and we become less able to you know do a lot of these external activities and and energy releasing things and now we have like what are you left with like you think about old ladies knitting you think about people taking up painting when they're 65 like not saying 65 is old but like a lot of these crafts and these hobbies they can exist like you could be happy in a more sedentary lifestyle as you age i mean us crafters are also prepared for that (laughs) very well (laughs) but it's the same thing with the pandemic it's like this early retirement that was forced upon people this early social retirement and now they're finding ways to expel that energy through crafts and making and i think that that's awesome that's a really interesting uh 
interesting way to think of it, the, the retirement thing. I hadn't thought of that. It occurred to me also when you were listening, because when we were talking about Netflix, I started thinking that also, you know, a lot of people will, you know, watch multiple screens at one time. And this is a time more than ever when you just like, I don't want to doom scroll. I have to do anything else with my hands so that I'm not looking at my phone, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I hadn't thought of that before, but I think that might also be it when you're like, I have my phone is in my hands at all times because the world is just wild, you know? And that might also be, a I mean, I don't know about you, but like sometimes I get to the point where like, I cannot watch people, other people make stuff anymore. Like I have to shut <laughs> off my phone, put on a podcast and actually make something myself because I'm starting to go down this like depression hole of perfection that like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't keep watching everyone else do something and I'm sitting here doing nothing. Cause like once you turn your phone off to like go do anything else for a second, you are all of a sudden left with your thoughts and you're like, Oh no, <laughs> like I have to, I have to do so. I can't just keep going back to the phone and scrolling and watching Netflix. Like it becomes a tipping point. People have different tipping points, or, but you know, reading the news and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think also, cause I, you know, I, I, kind of like the idea and you were talking about like people who take up hobbies you know in retirement or as you know kids leave the nest and whatever um and i like the thought of people you know being like well i've always thought about trying this thing yeah so i might as well now but i think also you know and and we've talked about the trend also of people wanting things that are more sort of quote-unquote real that are more closer to the source, handmade. And I think that might also be really important when everything is in flux and confusing to really, really have something in your hands that is like, you know, this is yarn, this is wool, I even if it's acrylic, but like, I understand this and I'm making something that is useful and that feels, I, you know, the, the whole like cottage core thing of being mm-hmm. like somehow trying to go back to something that's more original or true or whatever. And there's, there's a whole lot of things to both, you know, unpack and discuss there. But I think that part of the crafting might also be that to feel like I can make things and, you know, people make all sorts of stuff. But I think a lot of the the knitting and the sewing is there is some sort of, you know, mended make do and not like survivalist, but almost, you know, like being self-sufficient Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's, it's really, really interesting. What do you, what do you think about the like needing real things? Oh, yeah. I think that people are definitely feeling that the value, there's, there's more value in fewer quality things than massive, like tons of things. I mean, we tell you, you start getting burnout on stuff very easily when it's so easy before. People would shop in like big box stores. Then it became like order all the things from Amazon because it's so easy. But then you are forced to look around your house and be like, I'm surrounded by all this stuff and it is making me crazy. And then you get rid of all the junk. And when you are out, because like as people are, we like to buy things. It makes us happy. It releases all those, you know, like indoor. It just does. I'm sorry, um, you know, anti-consumer people, but it, it just is. But a lot of people are focusing that need for consumption now on goods that are more expensive, but higher quality because they're made by somebody. And like someone like you who makes 
pottery and makes like these, these mugs that you can actually use. Like, yes, they're expensive because you can only make so many of them and you're a small production house. And that means that each piece is going to be higher value, both because you can't just mass produce them. And because there's a, a design process of yeah. the person of, and it's like yeah. individually, it, it, there's a lot of ways to assign value, right? Um, but we don't need to, as artists, need to justify our prices. They just are. Buy them or don't. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think people are more willing to now buy that thing because it's like, yeah, I can get a 99-cent mug and or I can get a $50 mug. And you know what? I'm probably going to be happy, happier having a, a beautiful $50 mug that feels so connected the maker and yourself right and and especially when you're you know you're you're pretty much only at home so you're going to be opening the cabinet you know eight times a day and looking yep. at those mugs and you might prefer them to be like stupid souvenir mugs and fun you know designed small maker mugs but it's think- better to have one fifty dollar mug than like 12 99 cent mugs because yeah. like those 99 cent mugs mean nothing you know mm-hmm. although you could find a 99 cent mug that you love very much and i'm very happy for you if you do which it doesn't mean like you don't have anything good if it's not personally made but people are inclined more to now see that value yeah and i think I because th- there's been so much discussion about you know small businesses and small makers during this year as well because you know a lot of us were hit hard and in weird ways. And so mm-hmm. there's, you know, a lot of discussion about supporting small makers. And I think maybe that also just reminded people of the fact that things can be made by hand. And you're like, ooh, maybe I want to try wood carving or whatever it might be. I feel like there's also this giant influx because of we just talked about, you know, you're stuck inside you're often on social media in some form or way you are engaging and and consuming a lot of these visuals all over the internet and more and more and more it's so it's pretty easy for almost anybody to fall into some sort of like maker space where mm-hmm. you're either on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or or something where people are posting the things that they've made and you're going to be seeing a lot of young people making stuff. And I feel like that then sparks other people who are like, oh, this isn't just for like olds or people (laughs) who have, you know, a whole big studio. I mean, there's people making, (laughs) there's people making things that look like national funded, like giant corporate funded commercials from a table in their dorm room. And they're just, they have an iPhone and some editing software on their computer, and they're making these amazing looking things. Mm-hmm. And someone is going to see that this like 18 year old making like an epic Sprite commercial and be like, that is something I want to do. Oh my gosh, I don't need to wait to be hired by some giant company to do this. I'm just going to do this in mm-hmm. my bathroom, you know, like, <laughs> like, and I think that that's inspiring a lot of young people. And by young, I mean any age, like, you know, 16 to 40, like, like anybody. Yay, who, I'm young. <laughs> like anybody to just pick up a hobby and make it because now it seems like it's something cool and it's something that any age is, it's accessible because you're seeing these people make it. A big trend that I've noticed and I have no interest in doing myself, but 
it seems like it's encouraging a lot of makey things in in young women are these like poly clay jewelry mm-hmm. that everyone's wearing. Uh, it It's not only like a fashion trend, but it seems to be a crafting trend that a lot of people are making this because the materials are so accessible. And seeing all of these young women, it's not exclusive to young women, but that's who I've been seeing mostly do it. It seems like it's encouraging other people to do it too. And, and they're sharing techniques too. It's and they're not sharing like, techniques. They're not keeping it under lock and key. Yeah. And so it's this encouraging this giant craft movement, not just because of the pandemic. I mean, maybe that's what sparked it, but it's continuing because everyone's seeing each other make stuff and they are, and someone who's not making those things are saying like, I want to make that too. And then they try it and they do it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just wonderful. It's like a craft revolution. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, it's something that has been building for a while. I think this, this past year just sort of concentrated it very clearly. Cause I was thinking mm-hmm. also about the, you know, more time for picking up older crafts that you've been doing or trying new things. And for me, I think, and you know, it's pretty obvious that I have you know, I've been too tired to do much thinking. I could do knitting and sewing because it's something that I already did. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm I'm curious in that hypothetical parallel universe where I didn't get very sick and I was just like, ooh, I'm going to pick up, well, not woodworking because I already stabbed myself in the thigh two years ago. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like what, what would I have picked up? What would have been my mm. stained glass? So maybe it's, Maybe it's just as well I got sick. No, it's not. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like your sewing has amped up so much that oh, like definitely. I, I feel like the the craft revolution of 2020 here that we're talking about, <laughs> it it's not only for new stuff, as we said, mm-hmm. like you pick up old crafts and, and it, it's but it's also for spending the time and enhancing the ones that you had and finally mm-hmm. having the time to do a lot of these things. And I also wanted to connect this back as we are starting to wrap up. You mentioned the whole idea of the feeling of existing. I mean, something that gives you a very large feeling of existing, although it might not be the healthiest way, but it really, really does when everyone is technically alone in their houses, is kind of like the idea of having a social media presence with your craft because people will like the stuff that you're making, like you said, with your, uh, you're talking about your pattern and, and the things that you were working on, someone asking questions about the things mm-hmm. that you're making, someone buying the things that you're making, like even if your audience is very small or your marketplace is very small that you're selling these things or just displaying the stuff that you make, having something to present that you have made is such a connection to another person who appreciates that that you get that feeling of existence also for like in a second mm-hmm. time around. Like I've made this physical thing in this world. I feel like I exist and now I can connect. You get to have a connection in a place without connections. Yeah. Right. And now I can connect with a community that appreciates the things that I have made or an audience that wants to buy the things that I've made. So there's that human connection that I guess like you can't just find a stranger often and, and chat them up in a way on social media that would make you feel like I'm having a real connection with someone, but something about sharing a passion, sharing a craft with someone else, whether it's a a purchase agreement or it's an appreciation thing, or it's a looking for like a tutorial advice situation, that connection between interests is so real and easy to grab onto that. That's probably another reason why that this has all taken off so much. 
And also you get the connection of, you know, like like you were saying earlier, reminding someone else that this is something you can do. Yeah. To be like, you yeah. know, somebody looks at your thing and is, again, is inspired maybe to try it, try it at all. It also occurs to me that a lot of the crafts that are getting, you know, a lot of attention and money are also things that are to, you know, make your home pretty or make you feel pretty but without a waistline you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no belts so earrings like, yeah earrings <laughs> yeah. you know sewing an, a dress or making a nice you know yeah. cardigan or stained glass to put in your yeah. windows you know like what are the things you're seeing you're seeing your four walls and yourself mm-hmm. and you don't want like people jeans. getting into plants right it's like bring exactly. all the plants inside all the plants inside <laughs> and like so, sourdough because it makes your house smell nice i have a friend who has a theory that one of the things that is making us so depressed is that we're not getting any like olfactory input because oh. you, your, your, your home doesn't have a smell to you, right? Your nose is just mm-hmm. completely. So like you're not getting smells from other places, from other people, from other people's perfume, from anything. So she has been buying a lot of like scented candles just to like, get that in but like that that part of the brain is just not getting any stimulation and like Mm. smells do so much for you know the mind and the spirit just like they bring back memories they connect us to other people they make things feel pleasant or unpleasant and i just i think that's a really really interesting theory so maybe i'm gonna go bake some banana bread just for the smell (laughs) yeah it's true because like you know nothing i talk so much about finding connection ways on the internet because right now that really does feel like the only portal to other people and i don't want that to feel like this is the only way to connect to other people but right (laughs) now sometimes that feels like that that's one of the main ways to connect to other people and you're absolutely right like scent is taken out of it completely for better or for worse right so (laughs) yeah like part part of me is like i would sit next to someone who smells like smoking old beer on the subway if it meant just like experiencing another person yeah i mean and even like the unperceived sense of like pheromones and everything Mm -hmm. like that has to have an effect on people interacting you know like there's just it's like that weird connection you have with someone just because they exist it doesn't have to be anything about them but you don't get that through the internet (laughs) or through pictures and it's just or phone calls it's not the same yeah it's smell a vision would be both a blessing and a curse i think or (laughs) smeller net well i think we did a good job with this topic because (laughs) i'm feeling very inspired (laughs) yeah i feel good (laughs) this is a good topic because it made me feel good good job test talking Good job, us. (laughs) (laughs) You can find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us individually at Tiff Arment and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And if you enjoy the show, why not write a review or tell a friend or uh, go to Baron Fig and pick up a confidant notebook for your uh, purchase vote, 20% off code make do. (laughs) And we will be back in a fortnight. And until then... Go make and do. Full I think stop. that's kind of it. Like, that's it. Like, full stop. Like, that's it. We just did it. Just do it. Just go make and do. <laughs>